0: argument is United States versus Michael Eckes.
1: Very well, Ms. Healy, we'll hear from you first.
0: Good morning. May it please the court. My name is Megan Healy on behalf of the United States. The United States respectfully asks this court to vacate the sentence imposed and to remand for resentencing. The sentencing record reflects the district court considered factors other than Mr. Eckes' substantial assistance when sentencing him below the mandatory minimum in this case. Namely, the record shows the district court considered his success on release, which is an impermissible basis to reduce the sentence below a mandatory minimum under 18 U.S.C. section
2: 3553E. Can I, um, Ms. Lee, can I ask you a question about the standard of review? Yes. As I read your brief, you have disavowed any substantive reasonableness argument, (coughs) arguing it's a legal question. But as I read the transcript, I don't see an objection as you have framed it on appeal. I see a sort of a warning to the judge. As you know, Judge, you can't take into consideration the factors, the type of factors that you've talked about. The judge says, yes, I understand. And then the later objection is, well, we want to lodge our objection to the extent of this variance. Mm -hmm. Um, So is this plain error? It is not, Your Honor, and this is why.
0: On page 31 of the second sentencing transcript, the the, the prosecutor stated that based on the reason previously stated, which is referring back to page 8 of the sentencing transcript, where he stated, you can only consider the factors under 3553E, you can only consider substantial assistance. That's the reference back to that law.
3: Did you say 21, counsel? What page?
0: Um, page 31 of the second sentence in transcript.
3: Okay, go ahead, proceed.
0: And he's referring back to his previous statement on page 8, uh, in which he stated the law that the court could only consider substantial assistance and not any of the A factors.
2: Could, could, that, could the district court... Also, have heard that as for the reasons stated before about our characterization, meaning the government's characterization of the usefulness and beneficial nature of the cooperation. In other words, it seems like counsel said a number of things uh, in support of his position on on what the departure should be. So, how can how would the district court be in a position to know that that was what? he um, council was referring to well the United
0: States had stated a number of times that we could only consider the value of the assistance and nothing else and when you read the reference back to for the reasons previously stated with his next sentence object to the degree of variance based on the value of the substantial assistance in that substantial assistance did not account for the entirety of the variance and again a couple of lines after that in the record on page 31 he again says, based on the value of the assistance, meaning that the value of the assistance, as the district court no, as the district court characterized it, did not account for the entirety of the uh, entirety of the reduction. Here, I would also point your honor to this court's opinion in 2009 in Salas Baraza. In that case, this court characterized the government's objection as one to the degree of the variance, and which is very similar to the objection here although i think the objection here is more specific as to what we're objecting to and in that case based on an objection to the degree of the variance with the same arguments on the appeal this court did apply de novo review we think it's appropriate to do the same here
3: well counsel what about the judge's repeated statements i'm fully cognizant i'm quoting uh, i'm on page 21 and i yes. it's june 13 i don't know first second whatever yep Fully cognizant of the fact I'm not allowed to consider 35 and determining falls below minimum, and that's that's not an isolated statement. It is not. There are many times that we take what the judge says about I'd give the same sentence regardless of the guidelines,
0: Mm
3: -hmm. uh, take the district court and affirm and give people very long sentences based on that simple statement by the district court. Yes, sir. So why don't we believe what the district judge says here?
0: Your Honor is absolutely correct. The district judge stated that it knew the law, but the sentencing record shows that its stated knowledge of the law did not align with its application of that law here for two reasons. No,
3: wait, wait. Are you saying the judge said this knowledge didn't align, or is this no, your argument? No, that's my argument. Okay, proceed. I didn't get it. Go ahead. I do now.
0: Okay. Uh, first, this is how the record shows that. A good faith examination of the sentencing record at the whole focused particularly on the judge's statements at the first sentencing hearing show that the district court considered factors outside of cooperation when it told Mr. Eckes it would give him a time-served sentence. This is not one of those cases where a litigant comes to this court and asks the court to read between the lines as to what is going on here. The district court was upfront and explicit about its intent to give Mr. Eckes, a promise to give Mr. Eckes a time-served sentence, based on his success to release to that point and on his anticipated continuance of that successive release until the next sentencing hearing around six months down the road. Tell me how
3: long the delays were because it was also sentencing was delayed, the hearings. How many were there? Because I was confused looking at this. Go ahead.
0: Two sentencing hearings. The first one was October 12th, 2021. That is when the district court, sua sponte, continued the sentencing for six months with a promise of a time-served sentence if Mr. Eckes continued to do well on release. The second sentencing hearing... Was May twenty fourth, two thousand twenty two, which was a little about seven months later.
2: Did the government object at the end when, at the first end of the first sentencing hearing, um, says as you've described, was there any objection to that? The government did not object, Your Honor. Does that affect any of? of our review?
0: It does not, Your Honor. At that point, the district court had not made any sort of judgment or sentencing pronouncement, had not pronounced sentence, it was not the appropriate time for the United States to object at that point. It does not change the standard of review. Um,
3: The judge was telegraphing what he was doing, though, right? Even then?
0: (laughs) He was, but it was also... It was a promise that if you continue to do well, it was contingent on the continued success yeah. on release. Yeah. And so it was uh, the prosecutor did not object. And, and it's our position. We did not have to object at that time. We objected once the sentence was imposed.
2: Wouldn't it have made sense, though, if you thought that that was an improper factor for the court to consider, as you've argued here today and in your brief, that there'd be no reason for the continuance? And so the the... The prudent thing would be to signal to the district court, well, there's no reason for that because there's nothing that he can do between now and then short of additional cooperation that would uh, affect your decision.
0: Uh, I think the United States had stated what the accurate law was at the first sentencing hearing. And would would it have been belt and suspenders? Perhaps. But it wasn't necessary. The United States then came into the second sentencing hearing and made it very explicitly clear. This is the law. This is what can be considered. We framed, at both sentencing hearings, framed our recommendations solely through the 3553E lens as to any reduction below the mandatory minimum. And when the sentence was imposed, the prosecutor objected at the proper time.
1: Now, did the judge say a couple times, if I'd sentenced you six months ago or a year ago or something to that effect, I would have given you five to seven years?
0: That is correct, Your Honor.
1: Was the cooperation completed before the time frame to which he was referring?
0: Yes, Your Honor. In the first sentencing transcript, he made a comment that he would have, um, had he seen him a year ago, he would have given him um, a lengthy sentence without even losing an ounce of sleep, the second sentencing hearing would have done it without hesitation when he was pronouncing sentence. The time frames in both of these, the cooperation was complete. So when he said, had I seen you How a How far ago? in
3: advance of the hearings was the cooperation complete?
0: Mr. Eckes uh, gave a statement to law enforcement upon arrest in January 2022. Thank you. And then uh, the record shows that the proffer occurred uh, in late 2020, or excuse me, late July 2020, according to Mr. Quick, Mr. Quick's statements in the record. Indictment was September 2020. And cooperation was complete in July 2020, when he proffered. There's no further cooperation off of, after that. The Why first, was he on
1: release at all? Why was the man even released?
0: Uh, he did the had- government agree to that? I think the government did agree to that.
1: Ah, I mean, he committed this major drug offense while he was on state probation. And the government agreed he could go on pretrial release?
0: I think that Mr. Quick had made a motion release, Um, and the United States asked, if I'm remembering the record correctly, the United States asked for placement at a halfway house. And My, my,
1: My other question was, why did the government agree to the guideline range that was two levels lower than the actual drug quantity?
0: Yes, Your Honor. In my review of the record, I don't see an answer in the record as to how the parties negotiated that quantity. I caught the same. And I think the prosecutor who covered the second sentencing hearing acknowledged as much, that the PSR quantity was actually correct based on the discovery and based on the package that was found. I don't
1: understand why the government agreed to a phony uh, quantity.
0: And again, Your Honor.
1: Is that normal practice in North Dakota to negotiate levels that don't match the facts?
0: Not based on my understanding of how the cases align. Again, the record doesn't okay. show had how a the parties.
1: Couple cases this week out of North Dakota with mm-hmm. a similar thing. I'm wondering if it's normal practice to just agree to artificial guideline, rate, artificial uh, facts.
0: Uh, Your Honor, that's not my understanding of the practice. And okay,
1: that's all so I wanted to know.
0: Thank you. I see I'm out of time. Thank you very much.
1: Very well. Thank you, Mr. Quick. We'll hear from you.
4: Good morning. May it please the court. Good
1: morning. It's Healy. There's a button if you want to raise the microphone, the button sure. on the side. Uh, it's usually the pretty loud.
0: It's in right. the middle.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. It's in the middle. I'll be okay here.
4: My name is Robert Quick. I represent Mr. Eckes in this case. I represented from the beginning of this case. I asked this court to affirm the sentence. If the court would like to inquire me of any questions regarding...
1: Why should we affirm when the judge said that he would have sentenced him to Prison, but for his long uh, work record at the pizza joint.
4: Well, I, and I don't think the reason Judge Hovland sentenced him to time served was because of the job at at A and Pizza. I think the reason Judge Hovland sentenced him to time served
1: they're was, having trouble getting employees there, and that was discussed know, on your the record. Favorite correct pizza joint, and you're working there. Yep. And, You've done a good job. I'll go see how you do it for another six months, and we'll let you
4: go. It's a good question and a valid question. The reason I think the court was bringing that up was to compliment Mr. Eckes on on the good work that he had done. Um, To answer an earlier question regarding the, when was cooperation done? Well, the government wants to say that the cooperation is done as soon as that proffer interview takes place. And in reality, that's not the case. Uh, the The plea agreement supplement actually states that the defendant is agreeing and understanding that the United States retains discretion and the defendant agrees and understands that a key principle in providing substantial assistance is the United States maintaining the credibility of cooperating witnesses and it goes into discuss a bunch of the different factors and so
1: well but your man didn't testify
4: he didn't but
1: so it was it was the a dumb the deal once he
4: the person that he did give a massive amount of information did ultimately uh, resolve the case without needing the due to his information that it was being provided and his willingness to testify and and like I said, the added credibility of how he's doing on pretrial release is very relevant um, to how it, the government is prosecuting these other cases, how they are leaning on other defendants to sign plea agreements and and not tie up the court um, with trials and so
1: did the judge say anything about how this was such uh, extraordinarily significant cooperation that would justify a 92% reduction or any did he say anything about
4: I mean the reason the
1: cooperation or the value of the assistance
4: the value of the assistance was basically it was Mr. Ekasis's involvement led to several arrests loss of drugs getting off of the street and it was immediate
1: no so, i understand what the facts were i'm saying when the judge was explaining the sentence was there any explanation as to why the cooperation would justify this degree of departure? Or was the discussion all about the work record and?
4: The- it was. A, it was about all of the above, but at the same time, the discussion was that the court disagreed with the government's assessment of the cooperation and the level of the assistance, and so that was where the court differed from the government.
3: And well, that's, that's- kind of a passing comment, don't you think, at the May hearing?
4: It was. Uh, yeah, it's a kind lot of a passing other.
3: comment on the level of cooperation. Yeah. Then we're immediately on to all being sober in the employment. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the transcript, I think, of that hearing. Correct. And so it's kind of a passing comment or tip of the hat.
4: It, it may be, Your Honor. At the same time, that's what the court on the record stated, that he was basing his judgment on and the sentence on. Um, and I think... No,
1: he didn't say that really. Said, he said he was aware of what the law was. He never said...
4: He said he disagreed with the government's assessment of Mr. Eckes' cooperation, and based on that disagreement with the, of the government's previous assessment, he was entering the sentence of time served for Mr. Eckes. Differently Eccas. is
3: the strongest word he uses even in passing, right? Yes, What page are you referring to when you say... I don't have the page time served. 21. Uh, I think he
1: said well, I, that I disagree,
3: and that's why I'm giving time served. No, but I see the level of cooperation differently than the federal government. But I'm also cognizant. Yeah,
4: And that is basically the crux of
1: What about the statement of reasons? Did you look at that? He says he finds the sentence is sufficient, but not greater than necessary under the circumstances, after consideration of all the factors set forth at 5K 1.1. But sufficient, but not greater than necessary, as you know, is 3553A language.
4: I, and I, the court is correct. I don't think that that invalidates the rest of the argument. A lot of the, um, I guess, words that the court is using is, is familiar with terminology, and and a lot of it was positive admonition for Mr. Eckes and relating the the sentence to to him at the time.
2: Can you help me understand your um, view of the objection that was made at the end of the sentencing? Give me a sense of the. Um, the hearing itself, when uh, Ms. Healy, her position is that when counsel objected uh, to the degree of the, of the departure, again, based on the value of the assistance, um, it, in the, the course of the sentencing, is that sort of what they were talking about, the other factors? Or were we talking about the IC, the, uh, the value of the cooperation differently? Or is it just unclear?
4: I think it probably is unclear. Um, At the time that the objection was made, it was more so I I object to the sentence being as low as it is, as opposed to uh, an objection based solely on the level of cooperation, um, as my recollection.
3: Is this like a procedure in state court in North Dakota, this six-month continued sentencing and all that?
4: It's not. Okay,
3: thank you, because some states have similar.
4: But go ahead. um, It has been used often at times. Um, I think usually when 3553A factors are able to be determined, um, I, my argument is that although the judge, the court cannot rely on 3553A factors and has to. Uh, they de- seem
1: to like that rule. What's that? <laughs> the judge seemed to comment that he wasn't sure that was good law, but he was cognizant of it. Yes, the. Is that right? I, I that
4: sounds right? accurate, yeah, and okay. based Go on ahead. my recollection. What were you say about it. Um, I. I his his, uh, his, argument and his recollection, um, was, I suppose it was based on the pause, um, that has happened from time to time, um, but not, not all that often unless um, there's potential uh, for the uh, defendant to still testify and willingness to cooperate, uh, staying in contact with the government, making sure that there's no other violations on release and which goes to the credibility of the witness, which goes but to the level of cooperation. This was
1: for that reason, was it? This was to see if he stays on the straight and narrow, I think, right. were the words. And
4: I believe the other co-defendant's case was yet to be fully resolved, um, but that is not what the court put on the record. So I still think it was relevant. Court would I have any other questions? Otherwise, I would weigh the remaining of my time.
1: Very well. We thank you for your attitude. Thank you. Ms. Healy, we we'll give you one minute for rebuttal since we used up all your time. First round.
0: Thank you for that, Judge. I'd like to just touch on two things very briefly. Uh, I'd just like to note that the defendant in his response brief did not argue for plain error review. And secondly, the defendant noted as to uh, the credibility um, Mr. Quick referenced the credibility issue in the plea agreement supplement. This court, in its Massey opinion from 2020, noted that it was questionable if personal characteristics even relate to substantial assistance. But even if it did, there were no findings by the district court in this case relating Mr. Eckes' success on release to his substantial assistance and suggesting that his success would make him a better witness. And as Judge Carlton noted, he
2: did not testify in this case. Counsel, a quick question. If... if um Mr. Eckes had come back after the continuance, that six-month continuance, and had, had messed up, had, had not done well, um, maybe not a violation of the law, but had just not quite um, performed as well in his community as he ended up doing. I take it the government would not have altered its 40% uh, reduction request.
0: I believe that's correct, Your Honor, because his co- cooperation was complete at that time thank you very much for the time Uh, this morning. The
1: person against whom he cooperated ended up pleading guilty. Is that what happened? That's correct. She did. Or she did?
0: Yes. And she received a 72-month sentence. She was sentenced approximately a week after the first sentencing hearing in this case.
3: Hmm.
1: So she pleaded guilty before the first sentencing hearing? Or Uh, was it a combined?
0: No, I think she did plead guilty before the first sentencing hearing. That's my understanding, because I believe she was sentenced, I think it was October 19th, 2021. It's
1: my recollection from the record. What is her name in the record? Or? Her
0: name is Terry Yarnall, and I do have the date.
1: What's What's the last name?
0: Yeah. Y-A-R.
1: Oh, Yarnall. Yeah, yep. that's in the record. That N-A- was the person who got the 2.1-kilogram package that was counted as less than 1.5 kilos. Uh,
0: it was actually counted as the 2.2 for her sentencing guidelines. But
1: for this guy, it was counted as one.
0: That's that's correct, Your Honor. And the judgment there was issued on October twenty-fifth, two 2021. So I assume that she was sent to that date. So she got the date. full
1: quantity, and this guy got a discount, apparently.
0: That is what the record reflects, okay. Your Honor. Thank you very much.
1: Very well. Thank you for your arguments. The case is submitted. Mr. Quick, the court notes that you uh, were appointed under the Criminal Justice Act, and the court appreciates your willingness to accept the assignment. Thank you to both counsel. The case is submitted, and the court will file a decision in due course. Counselor.